Let us pray. Gracious God, fill my lips with the words that you want spoken, and fill the ears of those who listen with the words that you want heard. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Today is the Feast of St. Mary, or rather, actually, tomorrow is the Feast of St. Mary, but the prayer book has this wonderful little uh, uh, opportunity, um, even encouragement, that when a church is named for a saint, that you can move their feast day to a nearby Sunday so the whole community can gather together to celebrate your namesake. And so we are St. Mary's, and so we get to celebrate Mary, our namesake, today on the Sunday, a day early. Uh, from the actual feast day. Now, I have a confession to make to all of you. Before I came to St. Mary's 15 years ago, how do I put this? Um, Mary didn't mean a lot to me. Now, I knew there were people who just adored Mary. There's all kinds of devotional stuff around Mary, all kinds of the images of Mary and prayers about Mary. There's a whole subfield of theology called Maryology. Like, I knew all that existed. And it didn't do anything for me. And um, I, I guess you could say I didn't really notice Mary when I was reading the Gospels before. I mean, I knew she was part of the Christmas story. I thought that was pretty good. But um, I, I, I didn't really focus much on Mary. And so when I came, I interviewed at St. Mary's. I fell in love with the community here. But the name, eh, not so much. But... Over the years, as I began to worship here, surrounded by all these images of Mary, in a community of Mary's having to preach sermons on Mary Sunday, uh, I started paying attention to her and started noticing how often she shows up. She shows up in the gospel readings, even not on her feast day or at Christmas time. She shows up at other times, too. And recognizing that she's a remarkable person. And she's actually the most fleshed-out character in the Gospels, other than Jesus, of course, right? And the Gospels are all about Jesus. But everyone else is like this foil for Jesus. They show up in the story, or we learn something about them because of what Jesus and his story is doing with that. And, you know, really important people sometimes at best get their name mentioned. And so we have these feast days for saints where literally all we know is their name, and we try, and we try and tease things out to try and understand who they were, but we don't really know who they were, except Mary. Mary, it's just remarkable how much of her character is fleshed out because she shows up so much. She's there before Jesus shows up on the scene, right? The story of the Annunciation. And she's there after Jesus exits the scene, after the ascension. She's there again and all kinds of times in between. We know a lot about Mary. And the portrait that scripture paints of her is of this person with a deep and strong faith. We could probably pull that, you know, infer that from the fact that God selected her to bear Jesus into the world, right? But we see it actually throughout the entire gospel and all the stories about her. This is a person with an active courageous and present faith. An active, courageous, and present faith. What do I mean by that? Well, active. 
she has a very active faith. She is not a passive participant in faith. She's actively involved in what God is trying to do in this world. Take the story of the Annunciation. There is what I would say is a misreading of the Annunciation story in which Mary is just kind of this passive character that the angel proclaims, announces to her what's about to happen. But that is not the story that the Gospels actually share with us. The Gospels in the Annunciation show a woman who is very active in that story. It starts with her pushing back against the angel, like, no, you are wrong. This is not how it's going to go. That is not possible. Right? And then it's that point in which she consents. She agrees. She says yes to what God is doing. You can imagine, as you're reading, she actually could have said no. But she says yes. She is an active participant in what God is doing in this world. We see that level of active participation or faith again in that story of the miracle of wedding in Canaan Galilee, which we have up there in the stained glass window. It's a wonderful story of Jesus' first miracle when he comes onto the scene and shows his power to everybody. And he wasn't going to do it. He says, it's not my time. I'm not ready yet. This isn't the moment. And Mary says, yes, you are, son. You're going to do this, right? She's actively participating in what God is doing in the person of Jesus Christ. There is this theological concept called the Missio Dei. This is your seminary lesson for the day. Missio Dei, it's a Latin term. It means the mission of God. And it's this theological idea that we, the church and members of the church, we do not, we do not have a mission in this world. It kind of goes against everything you hear about in corporate culture, right? What's the mission of your organization? We actually have no mission in the world. God has a mission in the world. That's what the Missio Dei is all about. God has a mission, and we can choose to join it or not. And if you look at the history of the church, I'm sure you can see the church is not always joined in God's mission, right? But God's always actively involved in this world, doing something, bringing about that dream, that vision that God has for this world, and we can choose to join in that. And you see in the story of Mary the way time and again she chooses to join in with what God is doing. This, this act of liberation, this act of salvation that God is trying to achieve throughout time in history, Mary says, yes, I am going to be a part of that. And she actively pursues the active faith. All right, courageous. We see this courageous faith, that story of the Annunciation. It says at the very beginning, as soon as Gabriel shows up, that she is afraid. And for good reason. When an angel shows up in the Bible, it's not usually a good thing, okay? And the angel says, don't worry, Mary, this is one of those few good times we show up. Right? So she has that reason to be afraid, but there's so much more. What God is asking her to do is a dangerous thing. I mean, childbirth throughout all of history has always been a dangerous thing. It still is today. And um, she says, yeah, I'm willing to do that. But then you add on top of that, she's not yet married. This is first century Palestine. The implications of that this is a very dangerous thing that she consents to do. But she is courageous. Remember, courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is acting in spite of it. And so she is afraid, but she acts. 
We see that courage again in the Annunciation that we so beautifully heard a few minutes ago in the Gospel reading when she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth and she proclaims these words, my soul magnifies the Lord. The, Annunci the Magnificat is a, is, a, is a poem, it is a proclamation of God's vision, God's dream for this world. It is, these are prophetic words that she proclaims, very much like the words of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Elijah and Elisha and Amos and Micah and Obadiah and all those guys, right? She is joining in with those prophets to proclaim what God wants see, to see in this world. And that, that is a dangerous thing because at some point the prophet has to say that God wants the mighty cast down from their thrones and do you know people mighty on thrones? They don't like to be cast down from them, right? And they have the means to try not let that happen. And she is willing to proclaim that. It's a dangerous thing to be a prophet. Do you remember what Jesus says about the prophets? They always go to Jerusalem and they get killed, right? That is the kind of courageous act that she is willing to do here in the Magnificat. We see that courage in her flight to Egypt when she becomes a refugee, when she has to escape Herod and take her son uh, along with Joseph, the three of them go to a foreign land. They leave their home and everything they know for this new place. That is an act of courage to be a refugee. We see that courage in the story. This is a little tricky one. The story when she goes to confront Jesus in early in his ministry, she hears that he's saying some things and that uh, people go and try and get his family to come and take him home because he's stirring up some trouble. And she actually goes. This is a story in which um, Mary doesn't necessarily do the right thing, okay? Remember, one of my three words here is not perfect. Mary's not perfect. She has an imperfect faith, just like all of us. She tries to actually interrupt what Jesus is doing here. And Jesus says, oh, who is my mother or my brothers? That story. It is a story of her not getting things right, but is a story of her being courageous because she does try to stand up to Jesus, the Son of God, right? So this is it's a story of courage also. But of course, the most important story of courage is there at the cross. When every other disciple almost has abandoned Jesus in fear for their own lives, Mary is there, standing by her son in courage, in courage. She has that courageous faith. Active, courageous and present. What do I mean by present? I mean that she shows up. She shows up. She shows up there at the cross. She's present there at the cross. We see her showing up to her faith in all the stories of her going to the temple, which is a, a remarkable number of the stories that we have. We don't have that many stories of her, but we, a good number of them are about going to the temple. And we see that she shows up we see that in the story after the ascension, the disciples have no idea what to do. Jesus is gone. The Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. We're not yet to Pentecost, and they don't know what to do. And so they gather together and they pray. And Mary joins them. She shows up to them. We see in all these stories, Mary showing up to God and showing up to the community, the people of God. Mary shows up. She is present to them a deep and strong faith that is courageous, that is active and is present. 
And this active, courageous, present faith is a model for us, we the people of St. Mary. We would do well if we would join her in this type of active faith to join in with what God is doing in this world, this kind of courageous faith that's willing to act despite our fears, this kind of present faith that shows up to each other and shows up to God. This active, courageous, present faith is a model for us. And I think that right now we need this active, courageous, present faith more than ever. In this particular moment, this, what do we call this kind of late stage pandemic? It's, you know, pandemic's not over, but it's not like it was a year ago or even two years ago, right? It's, it's this weird moment. We're coming out of it, but it's still here. This late stage pandemic period, as we rebuild our lives and our faith, as we come back together again, we need this kind of active, courageous, present faith. We need to keep Mary before us. We, the people of St. Mary's, need to remember that she is our model for how we should be acting, for how we should be moving, for how we should be strengthening and deepening our faith. An active faith, a courageous faith, and a present faith. Amen. Amen.